Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm alarmed that you won't say with certainty that minors should not have the ability to make the decision to take hormones that will affect them for the rest of their life. Will you make a more firm decision on whether or not minors should be involved in these decisions? Senator, uh, transgender medicine is a very complex and nuanced field. Uh, and if confirmed to the position of Assistant Secretary of Health, I would certainly be pleased to come to your office and talk with you and your staff about the standards of care and the complexity of this field. Or why, yes, you are racist, even if you think you're woke. We all benefit from oppression. Pretending you're not racist only makes racism grow. If you don't believe that there is white privilege, please don't teach. If you don't believe that black lives matter, please don't teach. If you don't believe in systemic racism and how it negatively impacts our students of color and don't want to help dismantle those systems, please don't teach. There you go. A little bit of representation from the fields of education and healthcare. The last two ladies were um, were from uh, TikTok. These are teachers on TikTok where they've come up with um, really immaculately metered songs, I feel. And... <laughs> Uh, the the uh, lady before them was Rachel Levine, who's from Wakefield, Massachusetts, who's going to be the assistant director of HHS. Interestingly enough, Rachel Riz- uh, Levine is a transgender woman. He was something else, Levine, back in Wakefield. And so these questions from Rand Paul were, were blunt questions, considering mm-hmm. he was speaking to a transgender person. And... Uh, but wow, you know, it, Rand Paul is one of those guys where, like, t- twice a year he really stuns you in a good way. Mm-hmm. And um, I had high hopes for him before. He's kind of a jerk, just on in person. So, well, and Trump made fun of his hair, and then that was like the end of his presidential campaign, pretty much. He's got odd hair, Alice. <laughs> I have a little. I have trouble with his hair too. I don't like it. I, I don't like a person who used to. His hair is just like. It's ridiculously curly on top. Don't be that curly. 
And then, um, yeah, the only hair that's dumber than his is George W. George W. Bush's. His hair was always just so dumb. It was unnecessary hair. It was a covering for his head, but it was unnecessary. What about like who's the one? Is it Trey Gowdy who has weird hair too? His hair was always wet. For some reason. <laughs> right. He'd be in Fox and his hair would be wet and his eyes would be bloodshot suddenly in the middle of an interview in Fox. Odd. Mm. Odd, 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 odd. Um, but uh, first of all, Alice, let's take a step back here. Okay. And take in the uh, the sweet energy of victory mm-hmm. and thank all of our listeners who are on Twitter for getting us over the hump, the, uh, the unbelievable upset. Over a la 1980 Olympics, uh, USA over Russia, over the Soviet Union, somehow beating, is it PFT? Pardon my take. Pardon my take. The huge monolith podcast from uh, Barstool Sports. My my moles tell me that they used all of the horsepower and marketing Mm -hmm. and promotions and influential power, influence power they have. Mm To uh, they marshaled it all in in this contest against us, but somehow we overcame, it's and true. they fell a little bit short, and we have defeated them. Thank you very much, um, Thank all you of you guys. Burn barrel burnouts, and it is and the other been, Alice. There have, say the other ones. I don't like to say. Say that. the other and ones. S Marino on YouTube agrees with me and says that um, that we should avoid fecal references. I generally agree, but these are the people, Alice, these are the, 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 it's it's not about us, it's them. The people want it. We also have another suggestion. Um, we were emailed, uh, somebody else said, where did it go? I just had it. Um, Tom said, uh, Shadow fans, in, in yes. line with mini fans and Califans, Shadow fans. Um, I like Shadow fans more than Shat heads. I don't really enjoy that one, but I, I'm going to go with... <laughs> I like not. them all. I'm sorry about that. I got a thing. I like them all. I have no problem. Mm. Uh, I have no problem with any of that stuff. I thought it was... Uh, yeah. Now, some so people you, have so disparaged you, the integrity of the voting, claiming that there are, um, you know, 90-something votes and claiming that it's not an accurate representation of podcast popularity. And I beg to differ because I happen to know that... Um, Blobe on Twitter is known as virtually the arbitron of podcast popularity rankings and that his Twitter polls are an incredibly, incredibly accurate of true public sentiment. Wouldn't you agree, honey? I absolutely agree. I'm sorry there. I was doing a bit of my... So um, it just goes to show that we are actually a more popular podcast than Pardon My Take. And Yes, I certainly think, and the revenue proves that as well. <laughs> I think Absolutely, so, truly. So, thank you. That was fun. That was awesome, and uh, we'll see what yeah, happens. Yeah, we're thrilled. We're very happy. It was a lot of fun. Thank you guys so much for coming through, chat heads, over the top. and uh, burnouts. burnouts, and burn barrelers. And you can call yourselves Shata what you want. Fans. I'm sorry about that. Um, uh, was it who's who doesn't like us using? S Marino. I'm sorry about that. I understand. I generally agree with you, but I I am I'm in, impressed with the exuberance. Of the listeners, and um, I mean the fact that they want to be called shotheads. I guess. 
The world is not um, spinning correctly, if you haven't noticed, Alice, by just listening to, uh, let's say, this teacher. Why, yes, you are racist, even if you think you're woke. We all benefit from oppression. Pretending you're not racist only makes racism grow. Am I missing the joke? I mean, why is why is this performed in the form of a... Song <laughs> when it doesn't seem to yes fit when she's known. just saying words in various keys with this in your face attitude and jamming in 184 lyrics where there should be three what is it what is this tr- trend of idiocy called exactly I'm not sure what it's called I mean I I don't that one especially I don't understand how the words are supposed to go right with this the one tune. this this person here at least had the good um the good uh forethought to steal a melody if you don't believe that there's white privilege please don't teach if you don't believe that black lives matter please don't teach if you don't believe in systemic racism and how it negatively impacts our students of color and don't want to help so uh, we're veering wildly now (laughs) into the stratosphere dismantle those systems please don't teach so, I, I mean... It starts off as a B and then rapidly devolves into not into completely ignoring the song. Wouldn't you think, not only for the inability to compose something better than that, it, but also just for the complete psychotic content that was flowing out of her, <laughs> that maybe she shouldn't teach? Yeah, I mean, I think so. I think if you think that you've made a song that fits the meter of the song if you think you've put together lyrics that fit the meter of a song and it sounds like that i have concerns about your ability to teach like i have concerns about your ability to appreciate truth and beauty and literature and poetry and um you know just i it gives me concerns about your overall intelligence if you put that out there to the world as a song that you think is clever right at some point she said you know what now it's ready (laughs) <laughs> it's done now. This sounds great. Yep, here we go and launch it in the world. Now I'll just wait. But this is great. I, I, maybe it maybe it means I, I don't know. We can't do anything well anymore at this point. A roadhouse is a freaking masterpiece, <laughs> and the lessons in it are very sound. Even if you have to, when you have a problem with somebody it, in that town, you blow up their store. You know, it makes more sense than these barking lunatics. It makes more sense. I'll take that world where the b- bouncer gets to kill half of the town population. Yeah, I mean, I can't say I hate it because <laughs> between the pandemic and this, like, woke teacher performance art, it just, like, I, I don't see how the public schools come out of this looking like they did beforehand. It's it's too obvious that it's, you know, it's a scam, really. You know, there was an article um, that somebody showed me on Twitter that was, you know, saying it was um, a parent saying, you know what, like, I've just grown to realize that I have zero expectations for this year. And that's okay, I can care about education and realize that my kid is, you know, building all these other life skills and getting all these other experiences, which would be fine, if we weren't paying them all to not uh, do anything for us. Don't tell me I should have zero expectations when you're still requesting full price for the education that you're getting you know it's one thing to say like well stores have adjusted their hours they've changed the way you do business i know but walmart isn't still taking my money if i decide not to go there you know there there's nowhere else that gets to do this except Mm. the public sector where 
they just get to decide they're just not going to provide you with the service anymore, but still charge you. Well, it's- I'm glad you mentioned that, Alice, because Megan McCain took this up with uh, somebody who I admire, and you should too. We all Our should. Our government's now full of folks who are extraordinary, but I'm especially impressed by the new press secretary. She's gained a reputation for her brain in every session. As well as for the way she likes to use one pet expression. There's no way this woman doesn't have a TikTok about <laughs> you can't teach if you don't believe in uh, systemic racism. Circle back, Jen Saki, circle back. Well, Jen Saki did circle back and did the uh, view tour today, where not surprisingly, Megan McCain was happy to put the screws to her. And let's see how that sounded. So, Jen, uh, President Biden projected that the majority of schools would be reopened during his first 100 days sometime in April. Now the goal is grades K through eight, five days a week. Some teachers unions say that their teachers will only return if they're vaccinated, even though the CDC has said there is strong evidence that in-person schooling can be done safely. Teachers unions are a huge block for Democrats. I want to understand this seems more like it's about politics and science. This is a huge conversation that not only friends of mine, but people all over political spectrums are talking about. Most Western countries have their children back in school and have been able to. And I think there's a frustration and a fear about what kind of long-term damage can do. When can we expect kids to be back in school? Well, I couldn't agree more. This is the question. I have two little kids. They're two and five. And this is the question my friends ask, my neighbors ask, my friends from college text me about. Everybody wants their kids to be back in school, but everybody wants their kids to be back in school safely. And that's what our focus is on. So you you mentioned vaccinations and we have some. This is already dangerous and harmful mm-hmm. uh, obfusc- obfuscation here. Right. She's distorting. She's not answering the question, obviously, but she's also distorting the truth here. And she's using her her sharpest spinning skills to make it sound like she's mm-hmm. answering the question. I think she's also already used that line in press briefings. Before. No, she, like, uh, everybody the, always is asking me this. Yeah, no, I mean, she, but they she memorizes it. It, it. But to suggest that is gaslighting on with kids' lives, right? Simply to appease somebody, a, a the teachers' union who you're doing something transactional with, Mm -hmm. who you're sliding a pile of taxpayer money to right now. Mm -hmm. That's what this is. They're doing a drug deal, essentially. And meanwhile, they're sending this person out to just spin and spin and say, oh, my own, my college roommates, they want to do it. And the people, Mm -hmm. everybody, I know I'm a mom too. This is pretty sinister stuff. And the thing is, and I've seen all on Twitter, all online today, people saying, yeah, uh, Megan McCain asked a talking points conservative question, and Jen Psaki blew it away and, and dunked on her. N- not really. <laughs> Why Meghan do they McCain, always say that? Megan stuff? McCain is, is not a, first of all, she's not a Trumpster. Second right. of all, uh, there are Democrats all over the country who want the, the schools open, including in this state now. Yeah, the, or people, independents. Uh, the, the, these Science-based healthcare mm-hmm. people are coming out of the woodwork saying we've got a problem here with little kids hurting themselves now because we're screwing mm-hmm. them up. 
get them back in schools, the risks are lower than almost anywhere else. Yeah, or kids who are in abusive homes who are getting missed by the system because they're not going anywhere. There's kids that have essentially fallen out of school districts that the school they didn't come back for the school year and they don't show up for remote learning and the school district isn't sure what happened to them if they moved or if they're just not going to school. No one knows. I mean, possibly numbering over a million or in the millions of kids that are like that. No one's even done a full accounting. There's, I mean... There are kids that are missing out on education that, uh, you know, that were already at a disadvantage in life and they're going to continue to miss out on education now. It's been a year since some of them have had an education and and that's not going to help them. It's not going to be the kids of, you know, the the wealthy people in the fancy suburbs that are going to end up having a problem, even though it's a lot of suburban parents who are making the noise about it. Um, it's they're the ones who are making the noise because they're, you know, having to take steps to prevent it from hurting their families, hurting their kids. Um, and and the, the other kids that aren't able to take those steps, they're, you know, that are disadvantaged economically or because of whatever, who are living in inner cities, they're, and they're not going to be able to take those steps and they don't have time to sit through school board meetings and complain about it. And those are the kids who are really going to be hurt by this stuff. You know, the other parents that are pulling their kids out and sending them to private schools and are mad and are showing up at the school board meetings angry, you know, they're they're one thing and it's a financial burden on them to send their kids to private schools or to homeschool or whatever. But the kids that um, that you don't hear from, those are the ones that we really ought to be worried about. And, you know, the Democrats are all about equity, but it seems like the first place, the first place where there's a test of the equity principle, mm. it, it immediately falls by the wayside because teachers unions are just too powerful and they're not going to do anything about it. Yeah, this is it's really a, abusive, damaging, harmful <laughs> stuff that's happening here. And they could give a flying free. But, you know. She's no, she's mm -hmm. no hack. Guidelines from the CDC. We want to make science cool again. We want science to be the driver of the decision making. Uh, that the science has spoken, you gaslighting liar. You know, yeah. the science has spoken. Kids can go back to school. They're good. They can be in there. Mm -hmm. And the teachers don't need vaccines for the kids to go back to school. Right. That we move forward on, but we are confident that we can reopen schools, we can reopen sa them safely, and that we can do it quickly. Vaccinations are... Uh, we We're confident that we can do all this stuff. We're confident. Are you going to do it? Nope. <laughs> We're confident that we need to do that stuff. I want up my, my college roommates. I know I've got one, one, seven, and one's two. I, I know, I know. There's a mom, too. It just hurts me. To, I want them to be there, and we're going to do it ASAP. It's going to happen. The first 100 days, it's, it's going to happen. Are they going to be back in school? Nope. Nope. They're going to keep being confident as we go further down, further down, further mm -hmm. down, further down. And they're, it's, you know, they have plenty of words to describe it. You know, they're, they're confident we can get our kids safely back to schools. We need to. But yeah. the kids aren't going to be in schools. You know, they're confident we absolutely need to pass on people from Border Patrol to HHS. So we need to we need to do that uh, immediately. Mm -hmm. And, um, it, and we, we got to make sure that they right now are getting um, where we have people looking for parents and sponsors right now. And we got to make sure that they're getting uh, along the border. These little children are, are getting educations and they're getting uh, revamped facilities and. But are they are they in cages? Uh, yes, they still have to be in cages. Also, so, can I just ask why do they need teachers there if they're only there for like seventy two hey, hours? Hey, how come teachers or can be there but not in classrooms? <laughs>
think they should be prioritized for teachers, and half the states in the country are actually doing that, but they shouldn't be a prerequisite, that masking and social distancing can be part of that. And the key thing we're focused on right now, the president's focused on, is getting money uh, through this American Rescue Plan so that uh, teachers, schools can have that money so that they can put in place these steps, hiring more bus drivers, hiring more school teachers, being able to implement these recommendations made by the CDC. The list just keeps on growing. Right. We really want children to be back in school, too, which is why you have to do these 156 things that we need you to do before we're going to let your kids go back to school. Many of which have nothing to do with the pandemic, never did, have always just been on our wish list. You need to give us anything in any of our cricket and crop friends want from decades and decades right now. And then we because we really want to get the kids back to school, then we'll get the kids back to school. So uh, it's, oh, that was a gross answer. It's fine. But you know what? You know what, though? Biden seems to have empathy. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Seems to have empathy. So it doesn't matter. Kids cutting themselves, hurting themselves, killing themselves, being permanently damaged, being stuck in abusive situations. And, uh, you know, a, a little generation of children right now is being stamped uh, by uh, opportunism that was uh, undergone as a uh, as a result, as a result mm-hmm. of this vi- virus. And it's going to be forever. In 20 years, good progressives are saying... Look what happened to our kids. Something's wrong with that. You know what? You need to vote for more of us and more teachers and more. They're going to act like they never knew where it came from. You're going to be able to tell which kids were messed up by COVID in a few years and which Mm -hmm. weren't. And probably which young adults as well. Hi, Jen. Um, This week, a migrant facility that operated under the Trump administration for only a month in September 2019 is being reactivated to hold up to 700 children ages 13 to 17 throughout the campaign. Uh, President Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris repeatedly spoke out against kids in cages. I I feel like this is the same thing and that you're still detaining kids at the border and it's not meaningfully different than what President Trump was doing. Well, it's absolutely not the same thing, Megan. We are not ripping children from the arms of their parents. That is horrible and immoral and something we saw in the last administration. But what we're seeing is kids are fleeing prosecution. They're fleeing really difficult circumstances in their home country. The question was about incarceration. Also, were they fleeing prosecution? And uh, I like the idea of the kids being ripped away. The kids are being ripped away from somebody right now to throw them in the cages. And they're coming to the border and we need to figure out how to treat them humanely and keep them safe. And in a time of covid, that means we needed to open an additional facility so that we could have educational services, so we could have legal services, so we could have medical and health services and have those kids there treated humanely until we can find proper homes, family placements for these kids. This is incredibly difficult. It's heart-wrenching, and it's a really difficult decision. But this is the best decision we felt we could make to keep these kids safe and get them into the right places and right homes. I mean, I just want... Doesn't it seem like maybe if you don't like this situation and it's so heartbreaking to you, you should do everything you can to discourage people from sending their kids with coyotes to the U.S. border? 
I mean, doesn't that seem like that would be the next step to tell people, absolutely do not do this. Your kid is not going to be admitted into the United States. You'd think that is you'd want end. to discourage it. Instead of saying, we have really lovely facilities. These kids come alone and we do everything for them. They have free health care. They have free education. We find really wonderful families to set them up with. I mean, it's not a great time to send them. But if you do, then they're going to be staying in these really nice facilities and getting all kinds of wonderful treatment <laughs> at, um, at the U.S. taxpayer's expense. So, I mean, don't... Don't, but you know, if you do, it will be totally fine because we're going to do a really great job taking care of them for you. Just get them to the border and it'll be fine. I mean, like, what do they think is going to happen next? The more that she talks like this about how the Biden plan to handle this situation is just to keep processing children in this way through the system. I mean, the more of this result you're going to get. It seems so backwards and bizarre to me. They need to be absolutely saying, like, we're taking steps to find where these kids belong in their home countries and send them back there because this is not an acceptable way to immigrate into the United States. Right. I mean, find a legislative solution. If you want all these kids to be here, then find a legislative solution. Get Congress to pass laws that have a way for people to apply from their home it's country a lot of work. to come you into the country. You could take a political country. hit. could hurt fundraising. <sighs> uh, the, the legislative solution is to vilify Republicans over this. That's the solution. Mm-hmm. And you you have a complicit media, which will help you say that the Republicans have kids in cages and the Democrats have facilities that are moral. Moral facilities are what the Democrats have with mm-hmm. teachers and and um, and all sorts of uh, other important uh, things like that. Sorry about that. That your brother called, just so you know. Oh, good. Okay. Um, I assume you don't have your cell phone, right? Um, it's downstairs somewhere. I mean, I can see the texts that I get on my computer, but I can't. I, okay. I so, but yeah, now the the um, the the utility uh, to use it in for politics is bigger than the moral necessity to fix it. It just is, and so they'll use it for politics. And why wouldn't they? Just like just like with the kids back in school, there's mm-hmm. too much utility right now. This is a great opportunity. To win political points and do political transactions with interest mm-hmm. groups, with your, you know, with your those allied with you or those who are working in cahoots with you, to in uh, to enrich in each you and they or them, whatever, and that's why our politics sucks, and that's why this for people to say, oh, look at Jen Psaki, what she's doing, great job she's doing, and Biden's so empathetic. No, it's not. This guy's been empathetic. For decades, and look at some of the legislation he's part of. Look right. how damaging this guy has been. Look what he did just on a personal level to Clarence Thomas. Mm-hmm. What he put that man through, who I believe is a black man. What he did to him, the treatment he gave him was unlike anything anybody had ever seen. You know, Bork might have been similar, but what he did to Clarence Thomas, mm-hmm. it was in, it was incredible. As a matter of fact, what he did to... Um, uh, who was the woman in Clarence Thomas' case? You probably don't remember. Anita, Anita Hill. Hill. Right. Anita Hill as well. He's apologized about that, I think, in subsequently. Um, so here's Megan McCain's uh, follow-up. I just want to know, are you or are you not detaining children separately in a different facility? Well, Megan, these are this is a facility that was reopened, it was revamped, and it was redone to have these kids in a place where they could have access to educational services, health services, so they could find proper homes. We can't send them directly to families that haven't been vetted. We've seen issues with that in the past. We can't have them all in the former HHS facility because of COVID, and we need to make sure there's safety protocols so that they're not in beds next to each other. This is there's, incredibly difficult. There's criticism difficult. all the way around, including from people within your own party, like AOC, and 
And I think there's just a lot of people that see this as hypocrisy and that it's just sort of potato, potato. It's kids in cages or kids being separated their, from their families. Kids are being separated from their families. Well, Megan, what's important and what we all have a responsibility to do is communicate clearly about what this is and what this is not. Mm -hmm. And this is kids going to a facility run by HHS. We had to open a new one to make sure it had the safe protocols in order to address the COVID, the COVID needs and the health and safety needs because we can't have as many kids in the former HHS facility. That's exactly what we did. But our objective is to get these kids into safe homes, with their families as quickly as possible. And we are absolutely not doing what the former president did and what, frankly, the current president and the current vice president objected to, which is uh, ripping kids from the from the arms of their parents. That is not the policy of this administration and not something we would do. No, we're ripping kids from the person who, or coyote, who is bringing them over and we're throwing the kids in the cages that way. That's what we're doing. So no, it's it's about how you get them in the cages. I guess is the is the difference. That's the mm-hmm. nuance of this. If you take them away from parents and put them in the cages, it's no longer it's a cage. If you just put them in cages, it's not a cage. It's a facility. But that's fine. I, I think it's this is delicious in a way because they can't really have it both ways. Yeah. Most Americans will will say. I mean, unless if you're a dummy and you don't care, and it's just like yeah, Ben uh, Jen Saki's you know yes queen, then, <laughs> then that's fine. You're not worth it anyway but if you're somebody who pretended to care about this issue then well here you go here's the other side who is supposed to be so much more decent and morally superior uh, and so just now i may have to take my headphones off for this because or I, if i have any tequila here just sucked on an entire bottle because megan mccain is asking a question that people parents human beings would want to know including joy behar just a couple of years ago when she was appalled about kids in cages but no, Joy Behar is apparently filling in for T.J. Ducklow. Jen, I was reading this morning that many of the children have been reunited with their parents already. That this is an ongoing thing. Isn't that so? That the Biden administration has already taken that step to reunite children with their parents. It's not, how, how is it in anybody's mind the same as what went on before? It's outrageous. Well, it's exactly what went on before. <laughs> that's kids in cages. That, that's what you were so pissed off about two years ago, Joy. That's what you were angry about, calling mm-hmm. Trump, Hitler, and Republicans pigs. That's exactly what it is. It, it's Thank absolutely you. not the same, and that's our objective. You know, we want these kids to be safe. We want them to be treated humanely. We can't send them back on the journey they just went on. That is not the right choice. But we need to make sure that we are finding their families. That's hard, too. There's not the data and the history, thanks to the last administration. So this is incredibly difficult, Joy. We want these kids to be with their families, to be reunited. We want them to be with family members. It's going to take some time. And we also want them to be safe during a time where there's a global pandemic. And that required the opening and revamp. That's why they're not cages. They're pandemic Mm -hmm. uh, shelters. So which of those conditions has changed since Trump was president? No, there not. was a pandemic before. There's a pandemic now. Mm-hmm. There were kids showing up that they weren't sure how to connect with their families then. There's that same situation now. There's, I mean, I don't, I don't understand what she's even saying the difference is. Oh, well, the difference is now there's COVID. Like, there was COVID right. then, too. Well, you were the keeping more, is, you're it's actually more very cases difficult. in, in uh, uh, Mexico, which was working. Yeah, but the difference is that, that um, you know, it's really hard to find out, you know, who the parents of the kids are. Well, yeah, that was true then, too. 
You know, everything that she's saying, all the reasons why they have to have these facilities are the same reasons why Trump and Obama before him had to have those facilities. Because because there's you have to take in these kids that are showing up and put them somewhere. It ain't easy. You're right. And that's the thing. You know, it wasn't easy with the last guy either. There's no doubt that the Trump administration wanted to use it as a deterrent as well. Mm -hmm. But we should be trying to deter illegal immigration or at least have a... um, or at least have a process in place, and that's where, as you said, Congress comes in, you know, to handle this stuff, especially when it ebbs mm-hmm. and flows like this. But yeah. to suggest and encourage people to not come in at points of entry and, you know, come in in the middle, middle of the desert and get in the hands of Border Patrol rather than be put into the system in the, in the right way. We've got a system for this and for yeah. refugees— it is backlogged, and the asylum cases are way backlogged because there's all kinds of people applying for asylum that don't really qualify for asylum because that's like a very specific set of circumstances. It's all a mess, and I'm totally open to the idea of more immigration, but you have to be able to like background check people and ensure also that they well, have jobs. Well, sure, lined but for up, asylum you know? seekers as well, you know, it does make sense, and this was more of the Trump policy that if you want asylum, then you can go to the first safe country and have asylum. And there's right. a bunch of countries between South America and North America. Right, exactly. Um, okay, Alice. Um, what am I thinking? Oh, yes, Rand Paul. This is Rand Paul with Rachel Levine, who's trying to, who is, uh, it will probably will be confirmed as Assistant HHS Secretary. Uh, Rachel Levine, as we said, is from Wakefield, Mass., in Massachusetts, and was a gentleman before becoming a trans woman. Genital mutilation has been nearly universally condemned. Genital mutilation has been condemned by the WHO, the United Nations Children's Fund, the United Nations Population Fund. According to the WHO, genital mutilation is recognized internationally as a violation of human rights. Genital mutilation is considered particularly egregious because, as the WHO notes, it is nearly always carried out on minors and is a violation of the rights of children. Most genital mutilation is not typically performed by force, but as WHO notes that by social convention, social norm, the social pressure to conform, to do what others do and have been doing, as well as the need to be accepted socially and the fear of being rejected by the community. American culture is now normalizing the idea that minors can be given hormones to prevent their biological development of their secondary sexual characteristics. Dr. Levine, you have supported both allowing minors to be given hormone blockers to prevent them from going through puberty, as well as surgical destruction of a minor's genitalia. Like surgical mutilation, hormonal interruption of puberty can permanently alter and prevent secondary sexual characteristics. The American College of Pediatricians reports that 80 to 95% of prepubertal children with gender dysphoria will experience resolution by late adolescence if not exposed to medical intervention and social affirmation. Dr. Levine, do you believe that minors are capable of making such a life-changing decision as changing one's sex? Well, Senator, thank you for your interest in this question. Um, Transgender medicine is a very complex 
and nuanced field um, with robust research and uh, standards of care that have been developed. And if I am fortunate enough to be confirmed as the Assistant Secretary of Health, I will look forward to working with you and your office and coming to your office and discussing the particulars of the standards of care for transgender yeah, medicine. The specific question was about minors. Let's be a little more specific since you evaded the question. Do you support the government intervening to override the parent's consent to give a child puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, and... That was a bold leap answer. Yeah. I'd be happy to come to your office to discuss it with you. It's very what? complicated. Answer the question. Just answer the question. Indoor yeah. amputation surgery of breasts and genitalia. You have said that you're willing to accelerate the protocols for street kids. I'm alarmed that poor kids with no parents who are homeless and distraught, you would just go through this and allow that to happen to a minor. I would hope that you would have compassion for Kira Bell, who's a 23-year-old girl who was confused with her identity. At 14, she read on the internet about something about transsexuals. She thought, well, maybe that's what I am. She ended up getting these puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones. She had her breasts amputated. But here's what ultimately she says now. And this is a very insightful from decision from someone who made a mistake but was led to believe this was a good thing by the medical community. I made a brash decision as a teenager, as a lot of teenagers do, trying to find confidence and happiness, except now the rest of my life will be negatively affected, she said, adding that the medicalized gender transitioning was a very temporary, superficial fix for a very complex identity issue. What I'm alarmed at is that you're not willing to say absolutely minors shouldn't be making decisions to amputate their breast or to amputate their genitalia. For most of our history, we believe that minors don't have full rights and the parents need to be involved. So I'm alarmed that you won't say with certainty that minors should not have the ability to make the decision to take hormones that will affect them for the rest of their life. Will you make a more firm decision on whether or not minors should be involved in these decisions? Senator, uh, transgender medicine is a very complex and nuanced field, uh, and if confirmed to the position of Assistant Secretary of Health, I would certainly be pleased to come to your office and talk with you and your staff about the standards of care and the complexity of this field. Um, how do you like that? Yeah. If you confirm me, then I'll answer the question. <laughs> The question involving but to you the, privately, the, the, not the health. The question involving having young girls re get their breasts removed and mm -hmm. alter their bodies for good. Some of whom come to regret it. Can you imagine the horror if your mind evolved over a few years and you regretted it? Mm -hmm. Losing you're losing your gender, your your right. Womanhood? And I I don't think that kids even you know until you're an adult with a an adult sexuality and an understanding of you know what you want out of your life as an adult person in relationships and in family and all these things i mean you can't have a 14 year old make a permanent decision about whether or not they want to have children you know we don't let 14 year olds get vasectomies or um, get their tubes tied if they're a girl or whatever you know we don't we don't do that because we recognize that kids don't yet have the full context of what it means to be an adult making decisions about uh, what they want out of out of life in in those arenas in the arenas of family and love and what they're looking for and 
And so to have them make decisions that impact them permanently in that way, it's something that adults need to step up and say, because of course, when you're a kid, when you're a teenager, you feel like you're mature enough to make that decision, right? Like when you were a teenager, didn't you think you knew everything? And the adults who wanted to stop you from doing stuff were just idiots. Yes. They just don't understand me. All that stuff. But you don't have the context of like the whole world of stuff that goes along with adult human sexuality. So for you to make a decision about what your genitals are going to look like when you're an age where you don't understand that. I mean, we're talking in some cases about socially transitioning kids when they're like four, five years old, you know, and those kids aren't doing anything permanent to themselves. But once you start treating that kid as the opposite gender socially and putting them on a path to this. And I mean, it's going to be medicalized because you're saying that something is going to happen for them when they're, you know, it's okay. You're going to grow up to be a man like daddy is when you have a kid that's this age and, and they don't have, they don't understand even what puberty is at that age to understand that you're going to have to stop it and then do something else to understand the complexities that come with the decisions of, you know, whether you'll grow up to be a man or a woman. I mean, that's, those are heavy duty questions to put on a little kid to, to make decisions about now. And, and you do like when you socially transition a kid, right? Um, there was a family that did this in the a town we lived in previously that, you know, they switched their kid to a different school and had them be the new gender at the new school and other kids didn't know. So but now you're putting a really heavy social cost on ever changing your mind. You know, now you're saying that your kid, if they change their mind when they're 13, what are you going to switch schools again? Hmm. And go completely back and they can't know any of the people that they knew before or they'll know or they'll have to explain this to all their friends when they're maybe 10 or 12 that they're switching back. You know, it, you're to say that you're just letting your kid be themselves and explore and that it's not putting anything permanent on them. Is it that it, it, it's a lie at that age? And it's your responsibility as parents. I mean. I understand these arguments that like, oh, like pink didn't always wasn't always considered a feminine color or like the Roman emperors wore purple. So that means that there's nothing inherently feminine about pink and purple. Well, sure. But every society on Earth has always differentiated between men and women in dress, in, you know, in the ways that people present themselves and those things have obviously taken very different forms in different societies. But every society has had conventions of how men dress, how women dress, how they do their hair, all these things. They obviously haven't all been the same, but you have those conventions and it's kids don't know that. If you're a three-year-old, you don't know that in our society girls wear dresses and boys don't so chances are when your three-year-old goes to the dress-up box and puts on a fluffy dress because it's fluffy and fun they don't understand the social implications of wearing a dress in public it's your job as the adult to say dresses are something that girls wear you know and if you're saying that your kid then goes like oh well I'm actually a girl like then that's a different issue but the issue that people are saying like, oh, well, my kid just likes dresses and like there should be no social conventions whatsoever around what's girly or what's boyish. And, you know, a store, um, there's a law in California that somebody's put forward now um, that they're going to be voting on that they want to fine stores if they have different sections for boys and girls clothes, <laughs> that it has to all be together or forget it. Right. Like, so great. That's perfect. Demi Lovato um, put on her Instagram today. I guess she's a musician. I don't really know any of her music, but... That uh, she Jen- sings the Frozen song, I think. Oh, she has a version of it. That's true. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. So she has. 
a big post about why gender reveal parties are transphobic, that it's insincere and incorrect to pretend that gender reveal parties are not transphobic. It's not about political correctness. It's just correct. We condemn gender reveal parties not because of identity, but because of reality. Um, these transphobia is not about prejudice against individual trans people. It's thinking that non-trans people are more natural and organic than everyone else. Oh, <laughs> these ideas. Oh, isn't that perfect? Yeah. Isn't that perfect that yeah. now we're taking the gender away from any. Right. Any no, little you kid. can't. Any... These ideas like the gender binary fuel mistreatment of all people. Fuel mistreatment. Screw mm-hmm. you. Gender reveals are based on the illusion that genitals determine your gender and that there are only two options. This definition erases the fact that there are boys with vaginas and girls with penises and there are people who are neither boys nor girls. How does it erase that fact? Wait, wait. How is that a fact? <laughs> it's not a fact. That's a fact. why that's why that having a gender reveal party erases it because it's very easily erased by people doing normal things in their normal lives. Um, this the fact that we have to that you can that what Rand Paul having this discussion mm-hmm. is something that in, in any office if you had a discussion you would be fired. Right. And that most performers if they were asking the questions mm-hmm. he was asking would be tossed out or canceled in some way or, or pursued. Yeah. Um and the, is unbelievable, mm-hmm. the unbelievable distortion of our culture, and that that person Demi Lovato can write that with a straight face. Well, but she cites she cites science in her answer here, honey. Science is that there are boys with vaginas and girls with penises, and she cites this statement that was put out by more than two thousand six hundred scientists to tell us that gender is not binary. So I went, I clicked through because I have to check on these things to see who these scientists were so um there are some biologists and stuff in here but let's see we also have uh nate who's a grad student in physics uh we have a (laughs) phd candidate in sociology and gender studies oh i'm shocked that they came down on that side of this a phd student in ecology Mm -hmm. a director of global tree conservation Yes, everybody um, in Amherst, Massachusetts. An anthropology collection manager at Idaho State University. Uh, okay, I got have- it. Alex, <laughs> Alex, I'm going to need to smoke we- or huff WD-40 in okay. a second. I so can't that's do- all the scientists. Uh, the science is settled, honey. 2,600 scientists have signed this letter that there's not even two genders. So Let it go into the great. record that the witness refused to answer the question. The question is a very specific one. Should minors be making these momentous decisions? For most of the history of medicine, we wouldn't let you have a cut sewn up in the ER. But you're willing to let a minor take things that prevent their puberty, and you think they get that back? You give a woman testosterone enough that she grows a beard, do you think she's going to go back looking like a woman when you stop the testosterone? You have permanently changed them. Infertility is another problem. None of these drugs have been approved for this. They're all being used off-label. I find it ironic that the left that went nuts over hydroxychloroquine being used possibly for COVID are not alarmed that these hormones are being used off-label. There's no long-term studies. We don't know what happens to them. We do know that there are dozens and dozens of people who've been through this who, who regret that this happened and a permanent change happened to them. And, you know, if you've ever been around children, 14-year-olds can't make this decision. In the gender dysphoria clinic in England, 10% of the kids are between the ages of 3 and 10. We should be outraged that someone's talking to a three-year-old about changing their sex. 
I can't thank, vote for thank, you if you can't. Thank make you a so much, Senator Paul. Senator Levine, thank you for uh, answering the question. I will. Not sure uh, Levine is a senator, uh, and yeah. I'm not sure she answered the question. But um, uh, there you go. But that we've is... solved all the problems because Mr. Potato Head is no longer Mr. Potato oh, Head, right. honey. It's just Potato Head. Is this all a joke? <laughs> Maybe this is all, all a joke. It feels like it some days. It really does. It really does. I mean, really? Like, no more Mr. Potato. That was a problem. First of all, the toy sucked anyway. Fine. Your that was two-year-old loves it. <clears throat> God. Oh, that was... <laughs> so what is the problem? Because oh, it's Mr. It's Mr. But isn't there a Mrs. too? Yeah. I don't think they're eliminating her. But Oh, okay. But Potato Head can be a boy or a girl. So they're going to include... You oh, know, like, like anybody. Yeah, so it can include Nobody is anything. Or, Everybody yeah. is everything. Yeah, you can pick what you are. Gender doesn't mean anything except it's just a thing that you decide to be. Like, you know, you're a person who likes the color blue, so you are you can be a boy today if you want. There's no... Which is funny because the trans thing I thought originally was like about people saying that they like... That there is, like, some existential huge difference between being a man and being a woman, right? Like, how can you have gender dysphoria at all if gender doesn't even exist? You know, like, how can you feel that you're born in the wrong body for your gender if, like, if gender doesn't even, like, mean anything at all? If it's just something you can, like, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, if girls can just have penises, then why even have, you know sex changed operations right like that is i don't know like then why does it matter it's just it's an odd like the whole thing is like so weird and circular to me that i can't even like wrap my mind around all the stuff that goes back and forth but anyway so we've solved the patriarchy was being upheld by mr potato head so now that's fixed Uh, so the smith college thing that, that we'll we'll talk about later you're hearing a lot about it anyway essentially you had a woman, a black woman, was sitting in a, a cordoned off area of the school. Mm-hmm. The, the security folks, or the people who worked there, said, "Hey, you gotta be, can't be in there." She was sitting in some cafeteria that was closed. They said, "You gotta, vamos, you're out of here." Mm-hmm. She said, she wrote some big, huge Facebook post called "Like Dining While Being Black" or something. Yeah. Called out by name, a whole bunch of people. Just they were all racists. There's been all sorts of fallout over it. Of course, there was no racist racist event. Anybody sitting anywhere where they're not supposed to be would be booted, and it's just a, just a, a resulting damage to the reputations of these people um, and their lives. And this, you know, I just talked to somebody today who's been who's been uh, who's been falsely accused of being a wicked person because of a couple of social media posts that were not that were not um, it shouldn't have been considered controversial. They were fine. They were just more conservative. And a bunch of, uh, you know, woke uh, leftists uh, have uh, scared her and terrorized her. And as I was talking to her today, she was uh, in tears just because this mob uh, of, of such, you know, the, the empathy runs deep in these folks. Mm-hmm. They're doing it for all the right reasons, destroying people like this. It is crazy. It is crazy. But you can't, you can't. Yeah. You, and, you, and these mobs, they don't, they can come from anywhere and be aimed toward anyone. There's no, they don't discriminate. You know, they don't only happen for the good people, the mobs. So right. there was this whole thing today um, that happened where um, 
we've talked here, obviously, about the Neera Tandon nomination, which, you know, was she was going to be a sacrificial lamb and then they won the Georgia races. So then she should have been confirmed. But then Manchin didn't want to confirm her. And so anyway, um, this journalist from The Washington Post, Sung Ming Ming. Sung Min Kim, who's the White House correspondent for them. Um, she was trying to do a story on the near attendant thing, and she wanted to get a comment from Senator Murkowski of Alaska about a mean tweet that near attendant had tweeted about her years ago. So she went and to ask Murkowski this, and Murkowski said she hadn't heard of the tweet. So the reporter, Sung Min Kim, pulled out her phone and showed her the old tweet in which she said that um, that Murkowski was being high on her own supply for uh, supporting Trump's tax cut. That's what she said about Murkowski. So, um, so she showed this tweet to Murkowski and there's a picture of her that um, somebody else from her paper, I think Igor Bovich tweeted out saying like, oh, here's Sungman came talking to Murkowski about the t- about Tandon's tweet mm-hmm. and about the Tandon confirmation. And um, so now the people who support Tandon are really mad because they feel that this is like some of this activist journalism that like like the type that went after Kirk and Callahan, where it's like right. the reporter go- coming to the person and being like, so what do you think about this? And then like adding fuel to the fire, like and then pulling back and going, well, I'm just trying to get a comment. I wasn't trying to start anything. But the Tandon supporters feel that the reporter was trying to start trouble with Murkowski and trying to sink near Tandon's nomination <laughs> by talking by showing her the tweet and being like, oh, see what she tweeted about you. Isn't that terrible? So. There's so now they've been launching racist abuse at her huh? all day because she tried to hurt their woman of color candidate for right, by office asking, of management but office of management right, budget. By asking a senator about her own words. Right. So there, yeah, there's there, only <laughs> the activist reporting only goes in one direction. You don't do it in that direction yeah, no, so no 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 they feel that she's you know trying to sink a woman of color's nomination by and going after since her they're very so, good people yeah. who believe that we should be sensitive to races um, and they're very virtuous they're now going after mm-hmm. the reporter in racist fashion yeah not i would i would read some of the fan mail that she yeah. tweeted about it but i don't think i can read it on this show not but that's great shocked um, alice so there's the always, weekend is here, by the way. The weekend is here. The burn barrel weekend. We're done for the for the week with burn barrel. Sunday, you never know. You, su- never know. you never know. You never know. But our next episode will be our 200th. So tonight, will you episode upload tonight's episode? I'll try. I'll try to because upload tonight's episode tonight. I will. <laughs> um, but this, tonight's should be 199. So uh, we'll see what happens. Say la vie. Take it easy. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Subtle results. Still you, but with fewer lines. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. 
Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulties swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia Gravis or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com.